The origins of Alpha was a leader, and a leader who led others to build them up, not put them down. That was it. And I was like, you know what? We need to claim that shit back. Mike Campbell supports men in building legendary foundations so they can get more from life, love, and the everyday. Obvious, because we've, we've pushed it away for so long. It feels fucking weak, mm-hmm. which is to say, it feels weak because I've learned that it's weak to do that. Mike's skills and passions align in making personal developments easy to understand, simple to implement, and motivating to execute. I, I like to think of it kind of like a, a consumption versus creation equation. Like, what are you consuming? What are you creating? What are you doing with what you're consuming? And really being conscientious around that, right? Because it, it's one of those things that adds to a lack of clarity and indecisiveness. This podcast is here to offer you the tools and strategies that you need to level up your life as a man in today's world. Mike, how are you, my man? I'm very well. Thank you, Gavin. Happy to be here. For a bit of context, perhaps, it took a while to get here, so I'm glad we could make it. It's been a while, for sure. You're a busy man, a lot of moving, a lot of shifting, a lot of uh, traveling, and uh, you've relocated as well, so all's going well now. Yeah. It is, yeah. I'm, I'm learning that um, with a, a little one, my, my little girl turned two yesterday. Not as, uh, you know, not as easy just to, to move around and up and down and, and that when uh, there's a little person with some, some different needs, but a, a nice adjustment instead of challenges. Brilliant, yeah. New boss in the house, yeah. I know all about it. So uh, that's great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, great to have you in the podcast. I've been looking forward to this for a period of time, as you know. So I've been listening to some of your own podcasts and your own episodes and i actually heard you speaking about something there a few weeks ago which was the importance of men hitting rock bottom and i was curious mm-hmm. in terms of an experience in your life when mm-hmm. you hit rock bottom and how that became a catalyst for change in your life and why you feel it's so important to hit that rock bottom in order to move forward yeah it's i suppose it's more of a um yeah like a a general slow burn observation let's call it you know working with a lot of men i have witnessed man often it's our our, a desire for change is coming from a place where something fucking has to happen you know as opposed to like okay things are pretty good but you know what there might be something more sure that's there but often it's a uh, a version of something's got to give and so for a lot of men, that is this kind of quote unquote rock bottom, you know, which we've, I don't know, we've glorified, we've demonized, we've kind of done all sorts of shit to that, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm certainly in a very different place now myself, you know, with a, a desire to, to grow and move forward and expand and all that kind of stuff, but certainly wasn't the case for me <laughs> all the time. Hell no. Um, so yeah, my own my own version, I think, first of all, to, to context of it, I think one of the things that we kind of get to do is actually like explore that word or that term rock bottom, you know, and, and does it hold power? You know, is it something that I'm terrified of? Is it something that I think, you know, I won't do anything. I won't allow myself to do anything until things are that bad that I, I, I can't be seen as weak to, to show that I need to change, you know? So we, we actually have to explore that. And I think that's kind of perhaps where my own experience comes in. It wasn't some cliched rock bottom, uh, you know, waking up under a, a bridge with um you know my own shit in my pants or anything like that but it was a period of my life where things were very fucking challenging is probably the simple way to put that and so what that looked like was 
um, I had to to extend upon our previous conversation. Um, returned, so I'm a Kiwi. For those who don't know, um, I've lived in Australia now for quite some time, and I moved back here in from memory, thanks to your jogging of it earlier, around the end of 2009 from Ireland. And for the the locals, I lived in um, Drogheda for a little period, different story. And I moved back with my fiance at the time. We we're planning um, our our wedding, and I'd been over, you know, that area of the world. I first lived in Scotland, and then, then lived in London for a few years. And you know, in amongst that was some period back in New Zealand, like my visa being cancelled, all the shit going on. Like I got a ban of entry for the UK, and so there's a lot of shit happening where. I was like 25, I think maybe. And my interest was like, I want to be the fuck over there, you know, in that part of the world. Now, an extended piece of context that was my mom, about a year before that had been diagnosed with lung cancer. And so that was when I was in London. That was a, that was an interesting thing, you know, because I was very much in that mode of like, I'm out there finding my way in the world, bringing experiences in and just, you know, and there's, it's a, it's a, it's a weird feeling, certainly in my experience to be, you know, completely on the other side of the planet from, from my mother at that time. And then, you know, like this twist of fate sends me back there to spend some time. And, and I was very grateful, certainly far more grateful in retrospect, but not really in it as much as I could have been. I was just trying to get back to the other side of the world, you know, to my fiance and my life and stuff over there. So we kind of did that. And it was an interesting period of time where, you know, hindsight showed some stuff later that engagement didn't last. But what happened was we moved back to Australia, back to Sydney. Not too long after, a couple of months later, I was um, I was at my sister's house and I received a phone call. My, my, my fiance was in New Zealand for the weekend. She was at a friend's wedding. I was due to go meet her the following uh, week, following weekend for another wedding. And uh, phone rings. Now, just to add a little bit of spice to the story, happened to be... Um, valentine's day see her name pop up on the phone you know i'm, I'm stoked i'm happy like ah, oh, you know when they had the wedding went last night stoked to stoked to talk to her and what i essentially heard was just silence and a deafening kind of silence which was then followed by some very you know now that i can say and see incredibly fucking brave words which is like i can't marry you and like i was blindsided you know in that moment it, there was a, like a, a part of me that was like desperate for this to be a joke and was like, you know, mentally scrambling around kind of thing. And, and what that, I suppose, started was a, a, a fucking challenging period of my life where I was wrestling for answers and desperate to know why, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And at the same time, like the very next day, you know, I just moved back from, from the UK, from Ireland, and, and I was a personal trainer at the time. The, the very next day I was starting at my new gym. So I was faced with being fairly skint and needing to build a business. And, you know, it was a period where um, my, my mother's health started to decline quite a lot. So the next kind of six to 12 months, I spent a lot of weekends and times like rushing to Sydney airport, getting, you know, booking a flight in the cab, getting straight onto a, a plane. We think this is it. So there's a lot of shit going on in there where, um, and one part I was forced to just fucking get on with it. And another, I was very much invited to like pay attention and, and really explore like what is not necessarily what's going on out there, but what is going on in here with me to understand my experience, to, to start to make sense of like, okay, what's my part in this relationship breakdown? And like, how do I actually go about creating a business and, and you know, 
stepping into believing myself and all this kind of stuff and like fucking hell how life is very fragile you know looking at my mother and and all this kind of stuff so for me it wasn't let's say a rock bottom right but it was a very very challenging um hard time where i um found a lot of strength and was very much yeah not i was going to say forced but that's not necessarily true right i i was invited to and chose to step into a lot of self-inquiry and really starting to figure out uh maybe i've just kind of been like you know skirting through life a bit and maybe now's a time to 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 sit up and, and and listen and pay attention and actually figure out who i am what i want you know and and where i'm going and so that that's kind of my version of that um rock bottom which again you know isn't necessarily your your quintessential rock bottom but it's a, it's a period of like are you, are you gonna do something or not mm-hmm. is there yeah. anything that you would do differently in that experience that you feel would have enhanced your progress or accelerated yeah. from that from hmm. that difficult place i mean it, it's one of those tricky ones right because i could probably list you know 15 things but at the same time fuck it's what i did and it's what got me to, you know, like all the cliches where I am today, right? So it's 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 a tricky one. I think I was fortunate at the time. I uh, so just after that, a good friend of mine also moved back from the UK. He um, similar kind of experience like with his partner. They broke up not long after that. You know, here we were. Oh, okay, cool, sweet. We like got a flat together, and we weren't exactly, you know, having the kinds of conversations that let's say I would be having and am having now, but like there was actually a lot of solace and, and solidarity and, and, you know, she had experience in that. And I think it was very beneficial. So perhaps one other thing would be like, you know, just double down on support a little bit more. My sister was here um, and, and, and my brother-in-law. So they were incredibly beneficial to have around, but again, maybe I could have lent into, you know, the support and the people around me a lot more. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting one, you know, like just starting my business and having to like fucking get on with it. Uh, that's one of those things that I still look back on and go, I think like part of that was uh, a bit of a gift in a sense, because it really did like force me to, to um, like fucking step up into something and not just kind of like wallow and wallow and wallow and wallow. But I was fortunate enough, I think, to be at a point where I didn't just brush it aside and never deal with it. You know, so I could have leaned on some more support there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I kind of got through the way I did and 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 got to where I did. So I think it's, yeah, it's one of those things, right? Got to do things there, differently. Yeah. There's a reluctance for a lot of men to ask for help, isn't there? And ask for support. This is a continual pattern for a lot of men at the moment. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. And, and that was, you know, I, I would say that, circle that back you know maybe five years and it would have been a hell of a lot more like that but then you know i'm very close to my sister and i was you know um staying with her at the time that got extended a little bit based on the circumstances and i think that was a, a very fortunate relationship because there was a, a, a real safety there to you know she was you know like a, a mother in that role in that time of my life you know both of us, our mother was sick. She was in another country. And so that I think was a very beneficial relationship to have where I didn't really need to ask for help because I was help. I was, it was there and I was happy to, mm-hmm. to, you know, to lean in that direction, I suppose. You think that for a lot of men, they don't feel safe. They don't feel asking for help is, um, 
there's a certain threat to that. So they don't feel that they're in a safe place. Mm. Ask for help. You you mentioned there um, having your mm. sister nearby and there was a safety there. But for a lot of men at the moment to expose their difficulties or their pains or their problems mm. to something else could open up uh, the risk of being criticized or being judged or mm. being rejected to a certain extent. Mm. So yeah, they don't feel like they're in a safe place to do that. You think that that's maybe part of the reason? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, I think we've had a, a fairly long, I think, you know, depending on the country you're in, right, there's a slightly different flavor. And, and, you know, I've been fortunate enough to experience a lot of those flavors, but I think the underlying thing is very common and very similar. You know, like, for example, between New Zealand and Australia, fuck, same thing. And it's different. There's a different flavor, you know. And, and so I imagine it's very similar in Ireland. I wasn't there probably long enough to, to, to see the, the full depth of it. But I think we have a very... Um, consistent and have had for a long time i was there's some amazing positive change but a, a culture that you know it's in a simple sense it's weak to have a weakness you know any kind of flaw or fallibility is is a mark against you as a man you know essentially and that's not necessarily something that you directly hear but we absorb through you know media and our environment and a school and a community and a parents and a family and so um, when what we've done is kind of shame and demonize anything that is not, you know, this kind of quote unquote hyper masculine dude um, that is not affected by anything and is, you know, almost a superhuman, then any part of me that doesn't fit into that, I, I have to kind of shut away. And, and, you know, like anything, right. If you shut something away in a dark closet, if you don't use it, it atrophies. And so trying to, call on something that might be very obvious ask for help <laughs> or it might be not obvious because we've we've pushed it up for so long it feels it feels fucking weak mm -hmm. which is to say it feels weak because i've learned that it's weak to do that but also i'm not competent at it and so it feels very difficult to do something like that hey i'm fucking struggling Mm -hmm. It feels wildly uncomfortable because it's something we haven't exercised. So I think there's that that you know kind of let's let's um, call it dual thing happening there where it just feels so foreign, you know. And then I get into the self judgment of it. What does it say about me? Fuck, I should be able to do this myself. And it, there shouldn't be anything wrong with me anyway. You know, everyone else has got their shit together. I'm the only one experiencing this. And we just get into that dialogue that spins and spins and spins, right? And as me and we become our own worst enemies we're so hard on ourselves a lot of the time you know that's one of the most common things that i experience and it makes sense why so that can be it can feel like a very big wall to to um try and broach and i think that's why we talk about this idea of you know some kind of rock bottom because if you add on all that dialogue well i, I can't do anything about it i can't admit it even to myself let alone something else someone else and so when something's bad enough there's almost a, a, a well I can't be seen as weak now because it's that bad, you know. Maybe even there's some nobility in man. So he can't, he got over something so big, you know. It's like, yeah, great, of course, fucking kudos. But man, shit doesn't have to get that bad to want to get better. The reason it gets bad too is because you suppress a lot of the difficulties and pain, and it will begin to express mm. itself and. In other ways in your life, it'll it'll start to show up in your relationships. It'll start to show up in friendships and your career and your business and your life in general and your mental health, your physical health. And uh, mm -hmm. that's what I've, I mean, 
over the years, I've suppressed so much pain and trauma and difficulties and mm-hmm. kept it all to myself, almost locked myself away from the world, from from people and mm-hmm. new escapisms and methods of soothing, such as porn and alcohol and all these sort of things. And it becomes a, a very isolated, lonely place to be. But over that period mm-hmm. of time, there are things that, that come to the surface in a relationship or in other parts of my life. And ultimately it becomes exposed over that period of time. And maybe that's the rock bottom where it comes up. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, that's often one of the the challenging things is the more, the more we go down that path, the more we kind of come complicit in our own self-denial. And so the things that are obvious that could be points of awareness, we, you know, kind of look past. Right. And so those things are there. You know, if we bring it to a different area, okay, it's very popular these days to, you know, like have an allergy to gluten or or dairy, Uh, but okay, those things can be irritants for a lot of people. And one of the ways in which you can kind of find those things out, remove them and see what happens, you know, and then it's like, oh, holy shit, I haven't had dairy, you know, for a month and, uh, you know, I'm not getting as much gas. Well, it's because you were so, it was so foreign to you that just felt normal. Sometimes you got to like, you know, have a different piece of awareness. And, and that's one of the simplest um, pieces that can come mm-hmm. via someone else. Um, but yeah, and I also like to think of it as, you know, you, you spoke about like stuffing down pain and not dealing with it. I mean, I kind of think of it like a backpack. If it, all the shit that I don't deal with, I'm just putting that shit in a backpack and dragging it around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the more you put on there and the more you drag it around, it shit gets heavy. Why? Why are you dragging it around? You know, there's no end of life prize for the guy that dragged around the most shit and tried to make it look like he wasn't, but also hoping that other people kind of see that he is and give him a pat on the back for it. What a fucking twisted logic, which I have compassion for. Holy shit, being that guy, right? So, and, and then I like to look at it, you know, like we get this, because I, I want to be clear on this. We're kind of maybe skirting around a little bit. I don't think the answer is, hey, you need to, you know, be vulnerable all the time and, and share everything, you know, there, there's a, there's a pendulum that we often go to um, and, and perhaps have pushed upon us, you know, for a long time, it was like, be this strong, stoic, unemotional guy. Hey, be emotional, you know, be open. Uh, yeah. I could pick and choose when, you know, ha- have some nuance. And so that can happen. It, we, we want to regulate our emotions. This kind of idea of I need to control them while they control me doesn't get us anywhere. I don't think. And often what happens is we, we swallow them down and we kind of become emotionally constipated. You know, and what's going on when we become constipated, there's a risk there, you know, I'm either going to shit my pants at some point or I'm going to vomit out there into the world, right? And so it goes on to others or, or I cop it in some way, shape or form. So like, let's work on that emotional digestion, let's call it. Um, that's your responsibility, you know? What's the first step you feel a man needs to take in order to get beyond those barriers in their life? I think, From I your- mean, this might sound... Yeah, this might sound, I don't know, maybe hard to hard to grasp or condescending even, but like just allow yourself to be human. You're a fucking human. Humans feel and struggle and, you know, like absolutely get challenged by simple shit, repetitive shit, and sometimes feel wildly down and, and you know, sad and whatever it is. Like allow yourself to be human. And, and so I think for a lot of guys is a permission piece that we, that's, you know, speaking to this kind of rock bottom, like rock bottom is permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, my partner saying she's going to leave me if I don't get my shit together is permission. 
or like my mates doing something and, and showing me it's okay as permission, you know, or witnessing different role models in media could be permission. There's, there's lots of ways that that can happen, but my experience, a lot of guys are waiting for permission. And so, you know, I think it's why it's so important, you know, like work that we do, you know, podcasts like yours can help to give a little bit of permission. And guess what, fellas, you also get to give yourself permission. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to, you know, be a human and, and feel. It's okay to struggle. And it, therefore, it's okay to have ceilings and get support if you want to go beyond those ceilings. So I think that's the first piece. Like if you're struggling anything, join the queue, man. Like me too, you know? Um, and then fucking do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that could be numerous things, but I'll, I'll, I'll provide a simple example. And that is to spend a bit of time with yourself. And what I mean by that is not just by yourself. You know, you might be someone who's extremely lonely, let's say, or you spend a lot of time driving to work, you know, whatever it is by yourself. So the differentiation there is with yourself, not doing something, not listening to a podcast, not walking, not exercising, not cooking, not nothing. Sit with your thoughts and your feelings and see what comes into that space. And don't attach meaning to it and don't run from it, but sit there and notice it and get curious with it. Ultimately, what we're talking about here is starting to get to know yourself a bit better. You've got to spend some time with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, maybe you can start a bit of a journal exercise where you just note some shit down. Mm-hmm. Again, you're not trying to work it all out at the moment, but you're just creating a bit of a dialogue and actually creating a space for a little bit of peace there, even though it might maybe be terrifying to start with. Yeah. You know? As we said, when something's weak, i.e. when I'm not very strong or competent at something, you got to suck a bit to improve. So give yourself a bit of grace uh, as, as you, you know, you wade through those waters. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so much opportunity for distractions at the moment, isn't it? it sort of takes us away from <laughs> the internal noise or chatter. And yeah. <clears throat> it's so difficult, I feel, for a lot of men just to cultivate that time of, of peace and time alone distraction free in their lives right now and as much mm. as maybe willing to do it um there's they've, they've got the phone within reach they've got the tv they've got mm. the games they've got porn they've got just a, a whole abundance of temptations to just take them away from what's potentially going to be quite a painful experience to sit there <laughs> on your own and actually listen and pay attention to your feelings your thoughts your emotions but that's mm. exactly what you need to do in order to let go of that pain, of the difficulties. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that will end up happening with all that distraction is more noise, more noise, more noise, you know, and we consume and we consume and we consume. And I, I like to think of it kind of like a, a consumption versus creation equation. Like, what are you consuming? What are you creating? And and how much are you consuming? And, what, and creating doesn't have to be, you know, like, uh, paint and I, you know, fluff around and dance. Fuck, it can be. But like, what are you doing with what you're consuming? And, and really being conscientious around that, right? Because it, it's one of those things that adds to a lack of clarity and indecisiveness. And so, you know, what, part of the idea of creative space is to help bring a bit of clarity. And in, in the short term, it might bring a whole bunch of shit. But then we can do something with that. And so, you know, have some patience. But yeah, of course, like, what, what am I filling time with? You know, I mean, man, it doesn't take long to pay attention to to the things that we use, you know, even waiting for 
you know, a, a, a taxi or, or the bus or train, or, you know, you, you're with somebody with a friend at a bar and they leave for a piss and you pull out your phone, like just, you take your phone to the shitter, you know, like just stop for a moment with the distractions. If you want to be clear, if you want to be decisive, then create some space so you can allow clarity to start. Yeah. And that, that can be the challenging thing, right? Fuck, I'm not disciplined. As you said, it's the poor and it's the this and that. Okay. Like, so then get some support. If you can't do it yourself right now, it means you need someone else to support you in it, to hold you accountable, to, to keep you honest, to call you forward into integrity. And if you're running from that, then I would suggest that that is the exact fucking medicine you need. Is that uh, what Everyday Legends is all about? Yeah, so my, I mean, in, 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 in short, yeah, my, my coaching program, the Everyday Legends Academy, for, for me is, you know, it, it's group-based, it's community-based, and there's, you know, a lot of content and stuff in there. But um, one of the primary pieces for me is, is, you know, a community of men who are in the game. You know, if we want to grow, let's just say, in a very simple sense, you've got to be in an environment that's conducive to it. And I think for a lot of men, we also haven't learnt, let's say, the power of having good men in your corner. Now, a lot of us have seen it in different avenues, you know, sporting environments and so on, where we've perhaps been in a team. It might not be sport. It could be something else where it kind of felt good. You know, it gelled and everyone was kind of on the same page thereabouts. Maybe it was well-led. Yeah. I mean, and that's just fucking sport. Like imagine what you could do in something that was specifically geared towards that for your life. So for me, that's a big part. And now I see the power and, you know, men being in environments where it's conducive to that, where there's other men in the game with you. You know, it, one of the simplest ways to be motivated to do something is see other men just like you doing it. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, um, I can do that. Right. And also, hey, Gavin, you can do that. I know you can show me, you know, like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. There's a call into action there. And of course, being led and, and, and pulled forward by, you know, those who can see and have perhaps been through it before and that kind of thing. So for me, that's such an important part of it. Um, yeah, beyond, you know, the digging into like, let's figure out what shit you're dragging around and how we can let go of that, move past it and take the good from that. Cause there's a, there's a whole bunch of good in that. Um, you know, our aim isn't to, isn't to hate on ourselves to a better place that doesn't take us anywhere. So, you know, a lot of self-inquiry, but, um, I would say my, my self-awareness has been, has not been grown in isolation. You know, I learned so much about myself through reflection and through having others mirror back to me and keep me honest, you know, and, 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 um, and give me honesty, which I think is such a gift, you know, and, and I think it's a, a gift to learn how to receive that. Is there an underlying pattern of behavior or actions that you see with these men that you work with that's hindering their growth and progress or fulfillment? I mean, yeah, you know, there's, there's always a, I think there's a lot of commonalities. Um, there tends to be a fair, a fair whack of commonalities kind of on the surface and some huge, you know, differences. But I think below the surface at the foundations, it's just like same, 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 same. And, and for me, that's one of the beautiful pieces. Like one, it's at the foundations that we've got to work. That's the thing that influences everything. You know, I'm not about strategies for time management and, you know, whatever it is. Like, yeah, we might address that stuff, but the strategy is flimsy if the foundation isn't there. And so the other piece, though, is that, oh, holy shit, Kevin's just like me. You know, there's so much power in that for men. 
because it, it invites us to let go of that idea that I'm the only one. You're special, but you're not that special, bro. Like we're all the fine, we're all the same. We've all got shit. And so that can be a really simple thing that boosts a lot of guys into action. Um, so for me, a lot of those commonalities, you know, kind of more on the surface are like hands up. Who's got a history of being very hard on themselves. It's like every fucking hand. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's explore why, you know, it's not, it's not just understanding. That's the thing. The behavior will only change when we get to the belief systems you know, that create that. So, so our work is really to get in there. And again, there, there can be a, a fair whack of difference, but I think one of the common things for a lot of guys is their struggle with, you know, themselves, who they are in the world and their worthiness and, you know, believing that they get to have ease and love and happiness and that they belong. And so that will then show up in many different ways. A lot of similarities, you know, some pretty wild differences, but that's often some fairly common stuff that I find at the foundations. And, you know, we, uh, there's this quote from a guy called Francis Weller, which I, I love and we address it in the program, but he says, we often seem to be searching for belonging. At some top point, we have to become a place of welcome. And for me, I, I love that because what it invites me to do is just step out of my own shit for a minute and really look at how I'm showing up in the world and why. And if how I'm showing up is to get that, you know, sense of belonging, that approval, that validation. Okay. That's, that will fucking go forever until I choose to stop it. So at some point I have to be a place of welcome because that's what, actually what I've been searching for. I've been searching for other people to welcome me, to let me know you belong. So at some point I have to choose that and be it. I have to be it for myself. And when I do that, I can also be that for others. And so when, you know, Steve comes along and, and that's the place he's in, well, one of the ways that over time, potentially very rapidly, is going to invite him to that place is by him feeling safe, that he does belong, and he can step into that. So for me, that kind of is, is something that underpins the work. And I think that we seem to be, yeah, as a commonality, we're searching for that belonging. So um, at some point, we have to choose to be a place of welcome, which isn't just going, sweet, well, I help everyone else. And I do everything for everyone. But if your intentions behind that is for that approval, recognition, et cetera, you're still in that, that first part of that equation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a need or a longing for acceptance. I think a lot mm. of them have suffered so many rejections in their life and that becomes the ultimate fear that if they were to express mm. their truth or step, in, step over the, uh, the line of uh, comfort to discomfort, Mm. that it's going to evoke some sort of rejection from others it's yeah again it's the past experiences you know coming up and or again creating assumptions assumptions in your mind that it's going to reoccur again in your present mm. day environment so yeah but you're only going to run our lives and, and we'll end up rejecting ourselves you know what oh 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 yeah people might reject that you know what i'll be this I'll be this and that'll be liked. I'll be this and then they'll approve of that. And of course, I just reject myself all that time. And that's not being a place of welcome for me. And so, you know, for me, part of that, um, certainly that I have, you know, really connected to in that beautiful quote is, and, and it's, it's true in how we tend to show up based on all of that shit, you know, like reassure me that I'm okay. So then I can convince myself that I am. Doesn't really tend to work, right? But also in our biology, it is so innate for us 
to to strive for belonging you know as humans as we evolve holy shit that was central to survival and so these things are going on i think at that kind of biological level and you know in our kind of condition level and we need to understand the two of them and so i think um we don't really live the same way that our very 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 early ancestors did we have you know the beauty of speech and communication all this stuff so we can actually start to get that you know what you belong like know that in your bones not because of the evidence and what your mom did or didn't do and all this stuff and that person rejected you and choose to know that in your bones as a human you belong you you have use you have use you have value you have worth and the longer you mope around waiting for other people to convince you of it the longer we miss out on it Mm -hmm. so at some point get over yourself know right that you belong and then choose to be that place of welcome which again invites me to for myself what have i not explored what am i hiding in the shadows what have i not yet accepted in myself why is that you know that's a constant um invitation and okay how do i show up when it comes to others how do i make them feel safe to be themselves to accept themselves and for me that's hits at one of the i think the the core pieces of being human which is being of service to those in my community you know that's such an innate driver for humans as well and so we get to kind of tap into those pieces and when i show up that's the first part in fulfilling that deep need to contribute i know you've written a few books as well and i'm looking at one of them at the moment called unleash your alpha and i'm interested to hear your interpretation as to what an alpha actually is or is this toxic masculinity (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i think so for some context um unless you're alpha and and i I wrote when did i write that so i wrote that 10 years ago and it's interesting because you know like i had a let's call it a challenging relationship with that book for a little while when i wrote that book i was at a stage of really transitioning, you know, back to the earlier story of my life, that was about two years after that, that period. And, you know, so I got to that period that I discussed in the story and then I continued down the rabbit hole of, you know, me and self-awareness and my growth and understanding all that stuff. And what do I do? Like, what do I give a shit about? What am I good at? You know, and part of the questions came up there, a part of the answers that came up were what I had been doing. You know, as a personal trainer, I soon realized oh, I'm not really working with the body. I'm working with behavior. And I don't want to just give people exercises and shit. I want to get to the root of what the problem is. And, you know, over time I figured out that there was an emotional driver there. And so part of that process for me was like, holy shit, what's going on with men? Because I'm always working with them, same problems. Hmm, Causes seem to be very very similar. So that was a, a transitional period for me as I wrote that. And then I moved on and evolved what I did. And, you know, it was a, it was a step into coaching men. And then that kept, adult, kept evolving, kept evolving. And then come like kind of 2015, 2016, you know, I, I changed my business dramatically. And it's when I launched, you know, what is now the Everyday Legends Academy. And so I think it was around then that I was kind of like, ah, oh, the book's a bit old. It's got that physical element to it. And so that's where I was kind of like, oh, what I do now is different. And it felt like it was keeping me back there. And then what I started to um, hear shift in that was one, I'd have guys come to me, you know, still even now going, Hey, I read your book. And I'm like, how fucking cool is that? And now you found your way to me here. 
that that book is a tool to start a conversation. And you know what? That's basically why I wrote the thing anyway. Now, coming back into that was the title, Unleash Your Alpha. And so where I was at at that time was I felt like I was really seeing a lot of struggle in me and stuff that we've been talking about. But this is kind of me like properly opening my eyes to it and going down the rabbit hole talking to you know guys in men's work and, and psychologists and psychiatrists and all this kind of stuff and seeing stuff. And I was like, we've fucking kind of forgotten what it means to be a man. And that's kind of where this term alpha entered in. And to me, what I kind of uncovered was we have this um, idea of it that's perhaps in popular culture, which was like this kind of strong, stoic douchebag almost. And and what I kind of uncovered, I, I suppose, and or at least... Uh, to my knowledge at the time was the origins of alpha was a leader and a leader who led others to build them up, not put them down. That was it. And I was like, you know what? We need to claim that shit back. And so that was kind of the, the, the drive behind it. So then the business moved on and that's where that relationship kind of came in a bit, but that still was always there. And so it's still very apt in a sense, but it kind of got too hard because the conversation was like, Oh, you, you know, trying to, promote men to be you know that kind of alpha and i was like well no i mean fuck absolutely there's some aspects that we want to take with us but at the end i was like i can't be fucked with that conversation i'm going to let that go and and move on from that term because it also didn't really feel like it aligned at the time and now i kind of use this term everyday legend it's kind of the same thing and even more old school than that where that term has evolved from for me is a term that I got from the book Iron John by Robert Bly, which is a wonderful book for anyone wanting to explore a bit of like mythology around men's work. And he referenced this term called Zeus energy that the ancient Greeks had. And Zeus energy, I'm rereading this book at the moment, actually, but I first read it I thought, probably about 10 years ago when I wrote this book. Um, and that stuck out to me. And, and that's kind of been in the back of my mind ever since of the journey I'm taking men on. And also before that, <laughs> the thing that I choose to, strive to embody and and as the ancient greeks saw it zeus energy encapsulated intelligence which i kind of expand to be an open and curious mind i think that's something every man can access intelligence we often think you know like oh i've been pigeonholed i'm not intelligent like you all have access to an opus an open and curious mind robust health compassionate decisiveness goodwill and generous leadership and it was seen as male authority authority accepted for the sake of the community and and that to me is like that's something that i want to be and that's a journey they want to take men on and that's something i think every man can choose to embody regardless of the huge disparity in individuals that there are that's not saying everyone needs to be this thing i think those are qualities that are very powerful for the man and who he can be in his community which i think is something that is you know a great honor um, and so that's kind of the evolution for me of where that very early thinking was, I think, with Alpha and kind of where it's evolved to. Yeah, it's brilliant to witness that evolution, isn't it? How it sort of transferred itself into your business today. Yeah, that's, again, foundations there that you built on. Yeah. So there's a... Yeah. You know, but again, like it, I did wrestle with it for a little bit, you know, uh, and then I kind of was like, how foolish is this? Especially like legit a dude would find me via the book and I'm like, fucking fuck. Yeah. You know, how, how, who, how rude of me to, you know, have that. And so I really had to work on that relationship, which was an interesting yeah. little uh, experiment. 
and I know that relationships is something else that you speak a lot about and you do a lot of work on, on relationships. You have a very, you seem to have a very fulfilling relationship with your, with your wife as well at the moment. And I was sort of curious when you were speaking about emotions and men's work and men's groups and, and things like this, do you sort of go to the men and express your emotions or express your difficulty or ex- express some of the hardships that you're facing in your life right now? Mm. sort of do the work over there so that you don't bring it into the relationship or do you bring some of those things into the relationship and do you do you speak to your wife or do you Mm. show some vulnerability or express some emotion or express some pain with your wife or do you feel like that could Mm. hinder the relationship what's your thoughts on that yeah yeah well i mean it's a great question right because i think this is something that a lot of guys have struggled with and and do struggle with you know as we kind of said earlier this we painted a picture for so long and, and really a very narrow version of what a man needs to be. And it was this hyper strong, be everything to everyone kind of superhero. And and now we're like, no fucking sensitive new age guy, you know, the kind of metrosexual that kicked off in the nineties and, and be emotional. And, and that also feels holy shit, wildly uncomfortable and, and vulnerable. But it, I think it has led a lot of men to a place where as we said earlier, well, I don't go anywhere for help and support and to navigate this wild experience of being a human. But maybe where I will go is to my partner. And so all of a sudden, our partner is the one place and they have to be our mother and our therapist. And that shit ain't fucking healthy. And it's not fair on anyone. So there's this kind of two pendulums. He won't open up. He's closed off. Oh my God, I'm having to be his mother. You know, and... I, like so many things for me and you know we're black or white and and the the, the work and the, the the beauty is in the nuance and so explore that and so for me i think the answer is what can i uh, metabolize and and figure out and process myself what can't i where does that need to go what support can i have around that do i just need to you know empty something vent something get some feedback you know get someone to go fuck that sounds hard bro dude pull your shit together, you know, whatever's relevant and, and what needs to be communicated to my partner in the relationship. And so it's kind of all, all of those things, sometimes all at once, sometimes different, you know, that's where it's a bit contextual, but you know, that's also where the, like the self-awareness piece really comes in to be able to stop what's going on here. What's the course of action. Um, and so you've got to build that within yourself, your ability to regulate your experience, understand it, and then be able to choose what's the next course here. Do I just need a journal, brain dump some shit? I can move on. Do I need to then go and have a conversation with my partner? Hey, you know, when yesterday we got in a fight about the fucking dishwasher and you know, you and you did this and I did this. Okay, I've went and sat with that. And what I think was going on was, you know, when you asked me to do something repeatedly, I know I can fly off the handle, but what I'm starting to understand is I feel like you don't trust me. Now, that's the conversation I can bring to my relationship. Not, what the fuck are you doing? And, uh, you know, so there's, there's, a, there's a, a space, right, between stimulus and response. Um, and, and that might be like, I don't fucking know how to do that. Well, then who can teach you? Who can you learn that with? Now, your partner might be the person who invites you to it. But, man, don't make it their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, then you will definitely get into a, a, a hierarchy type thing where they 
might want to be your mother. That's some of their shit. We're going to look at that. Or they have to. And then there's like, holy shit, you know, all your therapists. And, and so that's not, um, yeah. Yeah. It's not the most amazing result. And so there's, there's got to be nuance in there. Right. And there's not going to be a, an instant. This is how to do it. And this is, I've got it nailed. Um, but it's an experiment. Mm-hmm. Got to run the experiment. So the first step is basically to take a step back from the experience and have a bit of time to process yourself and then to make a decision as to where you go with it next. Yeah. So, I mean, bro- broadly speaking, right. I'm kind of going, okay, first of all, it's, it can't be here. It can't be not processed at all. Right. And if you just have some mates where, you know, maybe you go to a men's group, let's say fucking oath and you know, you, you vent and you get supported and space held for you, but then you don't show up any differently. Uh, what are you doing? So stop first of all and go, okay, maybe there's going to be some work here. What is that work? Where is the support? And most definitely is certainly, obviously we're talking about the context of a relationship, but if you're not in one yet, you're going to be in one. So you want to work on the shit. You've got to talk about this in your relationship, communicate about how you communicate. And so it could be as simple as, Hey, babe, when's a good time for you to chat about some stuff? Don't just go and assume you can have these conversations at any moment in time. And I have very much learned that the hard way. I'm fucking busy. Like, don't, okay, like find the time, right? So then we can come to it. I want to talk about some stuff. Nothing, nothing wrong, but, you know, I want us to have the space to do it. Set it up. All right. I'm struggling with my emotions, whatever the context is. You know, I know I can fly off the handle. I know I shut down. This is fucking terrifying for me, but I want us to be able to talk about it and work through it. Can we start the dialogue? Be a beginner, right? But, but set it up. And this is one of the things, back to one of our earlier points, as men, we often struggle to ask for support. And so when it comes to things like that, we feel like I need to be an expert at navigating the situation right then and now. Like, no, you know, if your emotional literacy essentially is very low, right? It's atrophy. It's weak as piss. You exercise that shit. Be patient. Progressive overload. And so one of the things that we can do is ask for support from our partners. This feels so uncomfortable for me to do. And honestly, I feel wildly vulnerable in doing so. Can you support me in making it safe for me to bumble my way through this? That's a conversation you can have. Now, if they say no, pay attention to that. <laughs> Is it a no now? Is it a no ever? You know, and then you can potentially kind of get guided to, to what the next step. And for a lot of guys that do come up against that, I want him to be open and, and vulnerable. He opens and ups and he's vulnerable it's like what a weak you know piece of shit a bunch of her conditioning and shit comes out right so that can happen for a lot of guys and there's a challenge there but if your partner wants to partner with you then hopefully they'll go yeah man i'll support you um and and if i can't let's figure out you know what other options there are get the fuck out of there (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) that's what i'd say um yeah she's she's uh not on your side she's on the the opposition I mean, yeah but the last point meaning if she's like oh i don't think i have the skills to yeah okay you know yeah. navigate that piece with you yeah but if she's like no okay then it's like yeah <laughs> fucking pay attention to that yeah. right okay, yeah. as by the way to her if he won't if he won't show up if he won't deal with his shit pay attention to that what are you doing there yeah. you continuing to allow him to be a boy and you basically be his mother ain't helping him mm-hmm. right and there's sometimes glaringly obvious things that maybe all those things that we're distracted by 
yeah. come into plain sight and we stop. Disempowered. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're laying the responsibility onto somebody else to try and fix it for us. Potentially. Yeah. Mm. Like a more Yeah, and, and think <laughs> Yeah, and, and here's a term that I've heard a lot from a lot of women. You know, I, I speak to men and work with men, but I have interestingly enough, have a lot of women very interested. And that's true for so many, and I'm sure you have a very similar experience. It's true for so many guys I know in this space. And that like really encourages me because I think like, fuck, there is a lot of women who really want to understand. Fuck yes. How many men are like following women's pages trying to learn about women <laughs> to really understand their partners? I would say it's less. And of course, because women are more, you know, prone to leaning into this stuff and that's really cool. Um, but a lot of them will say, you know, he, he, he just won't do the work. How do I, how do I get him to, how do I get him to do the work? So, well, you don't, you can invite him. You can say what you'd want, but then he's got to step. At some point he's got to take the responsibility. Yeah. So gentlemen, <laughs> it's your responsibility. Yes. You've got the power to change. Yeah. But again, like to, 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 you know, reiterate a point from earlier, that doesn't mean that you have to have all the answers. It would be insane to think that you would allow yourself to be human and to not know shit and to find answers where there are answers. That's the big thing with men too, isn't it? We, we were fixers. Got a problem, want to fix it as fast yeah. as possible. Yeah. Instead of just yeah. giving themselves the space and time, as you said, to maybe process the, the, difficulty of the difficulty of the situation. Yeah, and I think, like, celebrate that, right? You know, exactly. We are fucking great fixers. And sometimes I think, that invites us to maybe expand what a problem is and expand, expand what a solution can be, what a fix can be. Sometimes a solution is, yeah, stop. You've got one tool, bro, a hammer. Of course, everything looks like a nail. Like maybe bring in someone who's a sparky or a plumber who's like, it's actually, this is the problem over here. Oh, I need different solutions. Maybe it isn't just to try and force this fucking thing in here, but it's, you know, to take some space to whatever it is, right? To talk about it, to vent, to, you know, get down to the gym and beat the shit out of the bag because you've got some anger you haven't dealt with. Like there's many tools out there. So fix, but just know that fixing can look different to perhaps how you have um, fixed or thought it, <laughs> thought it was to this point in your life, right? And, and that, I think that's the simple thing for a lot of guys. Increase the number of tools you have you don't need to be at rock bottom to circle it back to go, you know what? I need to reach for a tool or the one tool I have had is, you know, avoidance and ignorance and drowning my, you know, pain and booze and porn and all the things, right. That's a, that's a tool serves a job, but mm -hmm. not necessarily a, a, a good one. Yeah. Understanding too, that, you know, you can't fix all the problems on your own. For example, mm -hmm. as you mentioned there, <clears throat> you may be good at, building the house so to speak or maybe good at second fixing or the carpentry work but hey uh, you can't do the electrical stuff you can't do the plumbing <laughs> so using that sort of analogy for life in terms of you know what i understand the yeah. problem but this is not something that i can i can do on my own i need to bring in some support for this i need to, need to reach yeah and and i love that and you know perhaps to even extend that further i often think of you know like this this idea of the lone wolf is is fucking out yeah it's dead bro you know like the lone wolf at best he fights to survive at best he fights to survive 
The pack is where he thrives. And so the, the idea of the lone wolf, we've kind of explored, right? Why we get to that place. Fuck, we need to be the superhuman and I can't show weakness. But what we end up doing there is kind of putting ourselves on an island. And an island might feel safe, but it cuts you off from the rest of the world. And if on our island, you know, you've learned how to build a tower, but technology advances and you don't have other tools and you, you don't have a, a brick problem, you know, you have a fucking watering problem or an electrician problem, that's on the mainland. You, you got to build a bridge and get some support over it, right? Otherwise, you know, you're just going to be left behind. Convincing yourself that you're safe on your little island, but you're going to miss out on like humanness love connection like real relationships and experiences yeah start building those bridges man so uh yes thanks so much mike really enjoyed this conversation with you and for all the guys listening to this episode where can they reach out to you and get in touch or check out your brilliant work yeah you can well obviously you can find my book um in the in the in the depths of amazon if you want but no um look online mikecampbell.com.au hit me up on on instagram i'm happy to hear questions and you know i love, love hearing from people and questions and you know those kind of things and and um here's an invitation let's say um you know i think we've touched on it a few times and you've you know beautifully brought the conversation to that place many times and that is like okay so what do we do what are the actions and i think that's so fucking important for me and so here's one of the ways in which i um strongly invite guys to reach out if you want and that is, tell me what you're going to do with what you're learning. Tell me what you have done or what you're planning on doing. And there's a bit of accountability in that too. Yeah. Don't underestimate the power of sharing an intention mm-hmm. and then what that asks of you. Uh, so, yeah. Sweet, man. Yeah. Bit of accountability. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Mike. I will add all those links in the show notes below. So go check them out. And uh, yeah, stay strong, my man. Thank you, Gavin. Thanks for having me, mate. And thanks for, uh, I, I know we got there on the timing. So um, I appreciate your your morning. And I'm glad that I had a, a delayed flight, everyone, and I managed to get home, literally do the old kiss my, good, my daughter goodnight and then come down and get on the call. So thank you for having me. Well, I really appreciate your time and energy, man. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.